that's kind of a paradigm shift as well of, uh, you know, if you're in the people business, then it is personal. So seek you first the kingdom of God and his mm -hmm. righteousness. All the rest will be added to you. That's what Jesus said. Too many are tempted to get that backwards. Let me get successful, and then I'll take care of the kingdom of God after that. There's not many times, I think maybe only once, where the word success is mentioned in the Bible. Well, success to the world is not necessarily success to God, True. right? True. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome back to the podcast, and I'm excited today. I have a special guest, someone who I met just about two months ago, actually, uh, through Faith Driven Entrepreneur. We were in a group together, really appreciate him. He has an extensive big business background going way back, worked several companies, was in different levels of business, and also is a founder of the Strategic Doers Group. He's a business coach. Uh, definitely recommend him. He has some great things to say and also teaches uh, with the Maxwell leadership. So I'm thrilled to have him with me today. That's Mr. Mike Cook. Mike, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to get right into it. Um, some people I'm sure that are watching it today know you, but a lot of the viewers do not. So why don't you go ahead, give us a little bit of a background uh, regarding your, you know, coming to faith, your family, your upbringing, all of that. Okay, sure. Uh, well, I'm a I'm a small business owner, and uh, some would even say micro business. Uh, you know, that's under ten employees. Uh, I've always kind of been in that kind of a business, worked in those uh, family business. I'm a third generation, and uh, I live in the Lynchburg, Virginia area, and. Um, third generation in that uh, that kind of business. My grandfather started, uh, bought some fast food restaurant franchises in the late 1960s, uh, mm. which my dad grew up in. And then I also grew up in later on. Uh, so a lot of a uh, lot of experience working in the the restaurant and, and even with franchises, that's different than kind of starting your own restaurant. So uh, as far as that goes. Um, as far as faith, um, I am a follower of Christ, and I like to differentiate that uh, being different than just a, a believer or Christian. Sometimes those terms get thrown around, uh, but uh, I have been since age 13 uh, when I you know, realized that I'm a sinner and uh, accepted uh, the grace of, of Jesus Christ uh, to save me from those sins. And mm -hmm. uh, now my, my goal is to follow him for life. So... Um, Business-wise, that has also changed, uh, and I guess we'll get into that, too, on, on what it is that I do in business and why I do what I do. So. Awesome, awesome. So you mentioned early on, I mean, you started family business right from the very beginning, and that, I'm sure, was, um, as you look back at it, I, I, I'm assuming it was a great privilege to have that opportunity. I know you worked a lot with your dad, who you said was, you know, starting those businesses in the restaurant very early. How important was those early experiences for you as far as how it's building on today and the mentorship that came from your father in that? Uh, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, 
hopefully everyone receives mentorship from their their father, their grandfather and all that. But it's a different level when you you work with them and work for them. Uh, it's not like any other boss. Uh, and and even to this day, that that helps me in working with other family owned businesses. Um, you know, every business is a family business, really, because it affects your family. But when you when you're working with family members, mm -hmm. um, you no, know, it, it changes the dynamic for sure. Um, you know, any other job, if your boss gets too annoying or bothers you too much, you can quit and walk away and never yeah. see him again. But in this case, I still got to see him at Sunday dinner or whatever the case may be. So uh, so that does change the the dynamic. But um, learned a lot and they gave me a lot of opportunities um, along the way in the, in the restaurant business. I, I asked in high school, I said, I don't want to go straight into management training. I want to learn how to make sandwiches. I want to learn how to run cash registers. I want to learn all these different aspects of it uh, because when the time comes that I'm in management, I want to say that I've been there. Um, you know, I didn't really think at the time about the word empathy, but looking back that that gave me empathy for those who, you know, were working with me uh, on the team. So, uh, so, but it, it's always different when you're, you're the boss's kid, you know, people look at you differently. Yeah. Sure. So you, you brought up something right there. That's really important because a lot of people might've felt, Hey, you know, let me be a little bit privileged. Just get me, you know, right to a good position. I don't want to do what people would consider the grunt work. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but you you mentioned something important, and that's as far as being able to help people in the future, you've got to be able to know the aspects of everything that they're doing. And so you purposely, you're saying, took that opportunity and said, no, wait a minute, I want to try everything. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I, I have a friend uh, who uh, has on his business card uh, saying that says, if serving others is beneath you, then you're not on top of things. And, uh, you know, that's when it comes to leadership, and I, I teach a lot in leadership now, uh, you know, you still must be able to be willing to to serve others. And that starts by understanding where they are, where, you know, what jobs they're doing. Um, you know, I, I would always, uh, you know, it's time to take out the trash. I'm not above taking out the trash. And, you know, if, if one of the other employees would stop me from that, great. But that's that's just kind of, you know, the teamwork, how we work. Yeah. Nice. So do you think your father, I'm just curious, because you said it's a different dynamic when you're working with family. Mm -hmm. Overall, was he harder on you or easier because of that? What do you think? Uh, probably, uh, probably a little harder. I think, I think they almost have to err on the side of that just to, to make it not look like there's any favoritism or something like that. Um, you right. know, there's consequences for choices, whether it's, it's me or anybody else. And, and so, yeah, that's, um, you know, sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I coached my daughter when she was playing high school basketball too. And mm -hmm. it was a difficult, she was, she was easy to coach, but you always had that, you know, are you harder or are you less? I mean, it, it, if anything, yeah. I think we were a little bit harder as well. Um, my son was actually coaching with me as well and coaching her as well. So she had okay. two of us. So that wow, was yeah. quite a, a thing. But um, so your business focus, you started off in the restaurant industry and then you were doing uh, telecom and, and different uh, companies like that, correct? Yeah, worked in some different things. Um, my a, a big pivotal point in life, um, my my dad uh, was called into missions uh, in the late 1990s mm. and so chose to sell the restaurants and we invested the money into rental real estate, which became a, a 
more of a passive investment for him. He's now a self-supported missionary, but that also changed my path because all of a sudden I wasn't working 50 hours a week in real estate. Uh, I you know, managed the rental properties for a while and we soon figure out that it's, it's better to have, have other companies uh, manage that. That's, that's a managing rental properties is a different skill than managing restaurants. Like, I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that, you know, with the, with the restaurants, you can fire somebody and send them home right away with a, a rental property. It takes a little while if you have issues to, so just a, a different dynamic, but uh, so that, that sent me in a different path. And, and I went into the, the cell phone business uh, back in the early 2000 when uh, this was before smartphones, back when there was Blackberries were first coming out and, and yeah. all that. So uh, yeah, had an opportunity to run that kind of business for a couple of years. So, so I'm curious here, based on what you're saying, that, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you've pretty much got things set in your mind. You guys are doing the restaurant business. Everything's going. Yeah. This is what you, you, you went and worked every single job of the restaurant business. So you have mm -hmm. an understanding of all of it. And then your dad ready to take like, over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. throws you for a loop. But yeah. at the same time, you're, you're a born again believer. And he says that he's going into missions, full-time missions. Yeah. How do you argue with that, right? So, <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, thanks a lot, but I can't really tell you you're doing a bad thing because this is a good thing. Right, but a real right. life changing turn right there for you. Too. It was, and and it was something I had to really wrestle through, and um, you know, going through all those emotions of, hey, this was my whole career path. This was where I'm, what I thought I was going to do, and to you know, to really search and, and ask the Lord, okay, well, what's, what's going on here? Where do I go uh, from here? What do I do? And, you know, not to have a bitterness or to, you know, be angry about that just because that's, that was the Lord's calling on my dad's life. And, and that, that changed my path as well. Uh, even to this day, I keep that in mind as, you know, whatever the Lord's calling is on my life may change the path of my children as well. So, uh, and it, it had happened before, you know, my, when my grandparents decided to go into the restaurant business, they moved from Cleveland, Ohio to Lynchburg, Virginia, where we are. So that changed my dad's path in his life. So it's, you know, our, our choices affect more than just us. Yeah. Right. So they, they say God shuts the door and then he opens the window, right? So yeah. then you, yeah. you ended mm -hmm. up into telecom, cell phone, all of this. Yeah, and you did decent with that, correct? Yep. You were doing pretty well. And but then changes came again. Right? So you you yes. get married, you have a family, you have kids. I mean, you you were a, a hard worker, you were doing what you needed to do to be successful, but now priorities start to shift. Uh, right. so explain a little bit how that how those decisions kind of played in your mind because a lot of people don't do this decision right and their family suffers. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, you know, doing business with integrity, that's something I learned from my father, from my grandfather, you know, generations past uh, was very important to me. And uh, in the cell phone business, it's, uh, you know, it's tough sometimes, uh, as you know, if you've ever tried to get your own cell phone contract or a cable TV contract or any of those kind of things, there's a lot of hidden stuff in there. Right. And uh, it was interesting. I actually had a district manager come to town one time and look me straight in the eye and said, Mike, if you would stop being so honest, you would make a whole lot more money. 
-hmm. And I knew right then and there, in fact, the conversation, it's time to make a change. And so um, I had been working with a business coach at the time to help me with this business and really enjoyed that process. And so I started seeking that out. You know, I've had a business experience and I'm getting a little bit older, so it's my turn to give back now and, and, and start investing in other people. So I sought out some certifications and, and became a business coach myself. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, about that same time was uh, was meeting and dating my my uh, who was to be my wife and starting family. And so that definitely changes priorities as well. Awesome. So the different experiences that that you've gone through up to this point, everything that's led you up to where you are right now. I mean, it's a little bit diverse, although all business related. So you start off in restaurant, you you end up doing real estate, you uh, um, go through all of that process. Now you're business coaching. Some people could say, hey, can't you make up your mind? But, <laughs> yeah, but sure. at the same time, um, a lot of the podcast episodes that I've had with people, and it's over 50 of them now, um, we find that God uses every part of it, doesn't waste anything, and puts it all into uh, the experience of what's next. So can you like see as you track back how every different thing you've done has playing into how you're able to help your clients now? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, what, no matter which industry, I mean, you know, in, in business coaching in general, uh, you know, we talk about the business side of things, it's cash flow, sales, and net profit, no matter what business you're in, that's important. Uh, sure. So, you know, there's, there's that, the basics that the language of business will, will translate, but at, at the same time, even experiences, I continue to this day to work with businesses of this size, under 10 employees, under 2 million revenues, somewhere in that, that size range. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I understand the having to wear many hats as that smaller business owner, or if, especially if you're a, a solopreneur, that I guess that's kind of the new term out there now, a one man show where you have to wear all the hats. You're, you're the CEO and you're the janitor. Right. Uh, and so how to, how to work that. And I, I've really developed a heart for that kind of a business owner in that, the business a lot of times tends to start running them instead of them running the business. And so my job as a coach and as a teacher is to help them um, integrate business and life. That's a, a tag word I use a lot, uh, making sure that they don't forget about the, the things that are more important in life than not just running business. Yeah. Awesome. So the, the decision that you had to make mm -hmm. about, when you were told, hey, if you quit being so honest, you could make more money. It's mm -hmm. a huge temptation for people that are trying to really push forward in their businesses yep. and their entrepreneurs. When you're dealing with people, I'm curious, how often does this same issue come mm -hmm. up? Yeah, um, it it, it kind of goes along with the time thing as well, because mm -hmm. you have know, put more hours in, you can make more money or, or whatever, but at what expense, you know, right. what what does it cost you? Um, you know, we, we talk in terms of, of time management or things like that, uh, you know, there's never enough time to get it all done. I mean, I've never, my kids have never said, hey, you know, dad, we played enough. Can you, why don't you go get some work done? You know, it's just, just never happened. And, uh, you know, at the same time, business, there's right. never time to get it all done. So, uh, you know, it's tension that we constantly wrestle with, but 
you know, the, the realization has come to me that there's only one job that I can do, and that's husband and father, that I can't be replaced. Every other job, they can find a replacement for me, or I can move on to something else if it doesn't, or or business, you know, the same way. So um, it's a, right. it, it definitely is a paradigm shift, and it's not it's not the norm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in your current business of mm -hmm. basically coaching, leadership development, all of this, what it, what are some things that be the hugest push that that um that you focus on the most what what are say your sweet spot areas okay well uh if over time have actually developed what i call an integrated life system and that's integrating your values into all aspects of life so the values are are very important and that's the foundation um, you know, you'll hear people throw around the idea of mission, vision, values, and typically it's mission and vision and then values or something maybe we pulled off the wall or off of somebody's website. But I, I think, you know, values are things that's that's what's important to us in the way that we live and work. And so, you know, what are those values? My values are informed by my faith in Jesus Christ. And so pointing those um, clients back to what those values are, um, and that's uh, that's the big picture. That's um, when things get bad, when things get tough, um, reminding them, hey, this is this is why you do what you do. These are your values. Remember, why are you over here doing this stuff? Um, and so, you know, values are, are very important. Uh, and then it really, I kind of kind of coach and, and teach in three different categories. One is uh, self-management. You know, we can't manage time. We can only manage ourselves. And so, looking at taking care of ourselves, whether it's uh, personal growth, our spiritual growth, our health, our um, and even hobbies and recreation, taking some time off stage so that you're better when you're on stage. Uh, second then is family and community, making sure that our schedules um, match our priorities in areas of, of our marriage, our parenting, our community, our friendships, uh, and even taking time to serve in the community where, you know, using our talents, kind of like you're doing, Jay, for, for something that is, is uh, maybe not necessarily making money for you, but a way to serve others. Uh, right. And then finally, stewardship uh, is the third category we talk about, which is um, being good stewards of our time, of our money and investments, of our leadership and business, good stewards of the business that we have. And then probably a more new topic we've talked about, which uh, you asked earlier, does what I've done in the past um, kind of come back around? And that's uh, stewardship of our technology, uh, making sure we're good stewards of the phones and the tablets and the, the those things that are supposed to keep us on top of business, but they usually keep business on top of us and making sure that we turn those off at a certain time of night and things like that. So those are kind of the categories we talk about. No, you just you just hit a nerve there for not only <laughs> yeah. Now I'm on the meddling. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Those those notifications that continually right. just cause a person to not be able to focus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the the person today, do you find this the person today that that says, "Wait a minute, what was I just going to say? What I was just going to do something." <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and I'm thinking, as I'm tracing this, that a lot more of that is happening because some notification all of a sudden shifts your mind for a second. Wait a minute, what was that? And then you you forget. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you find that people are more scatterbrained than ever right now? Yeah, uh, because 
multitasking, which I, I don't think we were ever really in, really designed for in this way. There's there's too many things coming at us too fast, and I don't think we were ever were, were designed for that. Um, and and that's the you know of all of the business owners that I've talked with, worked with as a coach or whatever, it it's a common thread is you know, how do I get this technology off my back? You know, it's, we've created a monster and it's ironic because, you know, 15 years ago, I was in the business of selling blackberries and things that, you know, got people hooked and that we had the sales pitch about, you could work from the golf course and all that. Now I'm kind of on the other side of, Hey, we've, you know, we've gone a little too far with this and let's, let's back up some. Yeah. Yeah. So you can work on the golf course, but please don't. Is that more? Right. Than exactly. Just like don't work while you're driving down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and and that, that's another issue, right? It just never seems to stop. Right. Um, so in other words, you're, you're saying that most people are, are out of balance yes. when it comes to these different areas that you're covering. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a person's off balance, then they're not walking straight. I mean, that's pretty much the way that it is, right? I mean, just like your car being out of, you know, your wheels being out of balance, then soon your car is going to be out of alignment. And right. so if we continuously go out of balance, eventually we'll be out of alignment. And that alignment I'm speaking of is alignment with our family, with, with Christ, with the things that are are more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So priorities and all and all of this is concerned. And, and I like what you're really focusing on here when it comes to stewardship, because mm-hmm. this is something, I mean, I've known many a, a Christ follower that mm-hmm. has this, I mean, I'm not saying it in a judgmental way, but, but this, the concept of stewardship has been put on the back burner, uh, mm-hmm. not only as far as tithing and things like that, but just the fact that our life and our decisions are supposed to be, you know, God's given us the gifts that he's given us for a purpose and a reason. And it, it, do you see that many are just kind of getting off and they compartmentalize? Oh, this is my work. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, yeah. Then there's the spiritual part. But isn't it supposed to be all the same? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's it's the um, it's some of I've, I've seen a title of a book. It's called Monday Morning Atheism. You know, you go to church on Sunday and get all the faith and everything's working good. And then Monday morning, it's almost like you become an atheist. You you change gears and you you do something. Your lifestyle doesn't match what you just learned and heard and said the day before. Uh, and so that's where the integration That's why I like the term integration even more than balance It's you know, we're integrating our faith our values into all aspects of life. And, and so that's, that, that's, it's something that has to be, um, it's a, it's not a, it's not a problem to solve. It's a tension to wrestle with and manage. It's something that's, that has to be constantly managed. And so that's, that's where the coaching comes in is, uh, you know, work with folks on a regular basis and remind them, Hey, these are your values. This is what you said you wanted to do. How are you doing? Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Um, one of your focuses, I know, with people is understanding your why, your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, explain that a little bit. And here's my question to you. Okay. Um, why, why is that something that would be a catalyst in life uh, to, mm-hmm. to really motivate when, once you understand what that is? Okay. 
Well, uh, I believe it was Mark Twain that said that the two most important days are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Um, you know, we're all looking for something in life that is bigger than us. We want to be part of something uh, bigger than us. And so, uh, you know, I have found that in the life as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so that informs all of my decisions and everything that I do. And so my why has to come from that. If I say I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to live by his principles, then why I do what I do has to point back to that. And so that's usually the, the first conversation. But beyond that, you know, what is it that uh, I'll ask the questions, you know, what is it that you're good at? What is it that you're not good at? And, and you know, what do you like to do? And, and is there someone you can join in doing that? Or can you start something doing that? You know, we'll kind of go down a list of those kind of questions. Uh, are you capable of doing what you would like to do? You know, I mean, I, I would love to be a professional golfer, but I don't have the skills for that and never will. So, uh, you know, so kind of asking those, those kind of questions, but, um, you know, based on path, based on experiences, like in my case, it's business, and, but also as a follower of Christ, a faith-driven entrepreneur, we use that term now as uh, that's where you and I met in, in a group there, um, you know, making sure that that my faith informs my decision as a business owner. And so back like to the example of the cell phone business, my faith was informing my decisions there. And the decision was finally to, you know, by integrity, I had to get out of that business because they were making money on cheating people. <laughs> so not to give a bad rap to the cell phone business and all that, but, uh, you know, I'll just say, read the fine print. I'll leave it at that uh, when you're doing any of those kind of contracts and all that. But um, that's, that's what in, in, informs me. And so finding out why, you know, determining why I do what I do, uh, you know, my, my mission, my overarching big picture mission is leveraging my life to point others to Christ. And how that works out practically is I work as a coach and a teacher, um, adding value to leaders who multiply value to others. Okay. So would you say that what you just mentioned there at the end mm -hmm. kind of works as a filter for you when it comes to opportunities that you take, and maybe you suggest this to others as well. You, you said that as a Christ follower, it's important. Can I add value to people and have an opportunity to magnify Christ mm -hmm. through this particular opportunity of what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. So if the, the filter, that would be the filter. If it, if it, if it holds in there, that's something you do. And if it doesn't, then it's something you don't. Um, yeah, helps make decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Are, are too many maybe not considering that as they're mm -hmm. taking advantage of or, or pursuing opportunities? Yeah, I think it, I think it comes over time in business. Um, you know, when you first start business, you, you, you almost kind of want to take whatever comes your way. You know, I think of the, uh, a client I worked with once who had a lawn care business and he would go across town to cut one yard and then go back across town or whatever. But as time went on, he realized that what his sweet spot was and what he was good at and what, uh, you know, and started narrowing down the focus uh, the marketing people will tell you to narrow your target market and all that. So uh, yeah, over, over time, um, I, I've definitely been able to kind of hone in on, on what it is that, that I'm, that I'm good at what I enjoy doing. Um, but also it's, uh, you know, I think all of us have within us, there's, there's something that drives us. It's different for everybody. It's typically, um, 
uh, I guess I've heard it said, what, what is it that you would just pound the table and say, somebody's got to do something about that? All of us have one of those, and it's different for everybody. Uh, for me, um, looking back on my years in business, it's the, it's the question of what takes husbands and fathers away from their families and their children causes issues and all that. You know, we saw that a lot in the restaurants. You know, we'd, we'd go to the national conventions and we'd meet, we'd meet uh, guys who were on their second and third marriage, but they were doing great in business, you know? And so uh, that, mm. that kind of thing has really informed me over the years and, and really, you know, drawn me to, to do what I can to keep that from happening because uh, you know, I've, I've, um, I've never heard of a 70 year old man say, I wish I spent more time at work. You know, when you talk to people at the end of their life, always sure. the regrets are, I wish I'd done more with family or I'd done more with kids or these kind of things. So, yeah. So going along with sweet spot, because you, you mentioned that and the gifts, you, you said you, you talk to your clients and you say, Hey, what are you good at? What are the things mm -hmm. you like to do? I mean, this is really important. We hear a lot in, in business and in life about burnout. And I'm going to throw something out to you because I'm curious about okay. your opinion. Mm -hmm. I personally feel that although you'll get tired sometimes, mm -hmm. if you're doing the things that God has gifted you to do, I don't think you burn out, or at least not for very long. I think the per person yeah. that burns out is the person that is, uh, you know, trying to put a, a round peg in a square hole mm, mm -hmm. and because it's it's not working because that's not their their shape their fit mm -hmm. so what, what do you think on that yeah uh definitely not not um not spending too much time trying to work on your your weaknesses um you know mm -hmm. we teach through maxwell leadership about you know working on your strengths uh playing to your strengths and working on that you'll be a whole lot happier because if i'm if i'm a, a two at something if i work real hard i can become a four but if i'm a seven then i can probably become a 10 a whole lot easier and so you know working sure. working on our strengths um Burnout is one of the two things that we with Strategic Doers Group try to combat, burnout and that loneliness of leadership. You know, it's, it's lonely uh, as a leader. You can't just talk to, you know, as a business leader or even as a ministry leader, pastors and all this uh, go through this as well. Uh, you, you can't just talk to anybody about what's, you know, what's going on. Sure. Uh, and so that loneliness can lead to burnout, which, you know, can lead to all kinds of things. But, uh, but also I've, I've heard it said that burnout is um, a result of misaligned priorities. And so, uh, you know, making sure that our priorities match our values and then our schedules match our priorities. Uh, you know, right. we can stay all day. We have all these priorities and we have all these values and we want to do these things, but if they're just aspirational values rather than, tangible rubber meets the road, you know, what are you doing about it? So um, the, the training and the teaching comes into play of helping, helping them determine those values. The coaching actually helps them do it. And then, so that's the strategic and the doers part of uh, strategic doers. Yeah. Now I want to focus and highlight something you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and this was something that um, John Maxwell, especially was very good at bringing out because I know he brings out that in the past, business owners and, and entrepreneurs were taught, Hey, fix your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses, <laughs> right. you know, get better at them. But now he was one of the main ones that said, wait a minute, 
just find somebody else who's good at that, right? Yes. And then yeah. and then focus on your strengths. It does make much more sense. Mm -hmm. When about when do you know about when that shift started taking place in leadership circles? Uh, it's probably been a couple decades now, but, uh, you know, cause I, I think the, the management theories back in the 1970s, 1980s, um, you know, really were focusing on your weaknesses and all that. But I, I also think it, it probably came along at the same time when the, the concept of more teams and more collaboration, uh, even as business owners, uh, you know, it, there's a tendency as a business owner, you, you start something because you're, uh, well, let's just face it. Business owners can be arrogant sometimes, and and the arrogance comes when they leave a job because they think they can do it better than their boss, and so they start a business. And so that that arrogance goes along for a while until the business humbles them a bit. Uh, but that same arrogance can keep you from collaborating with uh, other people. Um, I've become a firm believer over time that there's really no such thing as competition, uh, only opportunities for collaboration. And so when you have that abundance mindset that, you know, Hey, I can't do it all. I don't know it all. And I've narrowed down to a specific niche. Then it's a whole lot easier to find others to collaborate with. And, and an example of that in, in, in strategic doers group, you know, we talk a lot about different aspects of life, whether it's marriage or parenting or finances. And I'm certainly not the best at all of those things. And so I'm working hard to find other coaches who maybe there's a financial coach or there's a, a marriage coach or different ones so that when I wander into deep weeds, I mean, I can talk a little bit about it, but then I want to collaborate with that coach. And so when I run into a client, I want to say, hey, you know, glad you've worked with me for a while. Now you need to go work with this coach and, and work on this specific issue. And so right. uh, it's it's definitely a different mindset. Yeah. Awesome. So maybe I'm putting you on the spot here on a couple of okay. these questions, but but kind of um, this is a distinction that um, a lot of people don't get, and mm -hmm. that is what is the difference between management and leadership? Hmm. Okay. Well, um, let's start with the basic definition of leadership. You know, you hear leadership and you think all kinds of big things and big mm -hmm. boss and all that. But um, leadership at its most basic definition is influence. And so if you have influence over someone, you're a leader. Uh, but also when we look at the teachings of Jesus Christ, um, the leadership that, that he gave was serving others. And so right. if, um, you know, if you're able to influence others and you're willing to serve others, then you can be a great leader. Um, management is more task oriented. Um, you know, I, I think that's one of the distinctions that you'll see, you know, leadership sometimes can be more people focused, whereas management can be more, more task focused or more a specific uh, thing. Um, you know, I've heard the, the terms visionary and integrator, you know, someone's a big picture thinker or someone's a, a details person. And so, uh, you know, the manager is given a specific task with specific parameters and say, go make this happen. So if, if that makes sense. So the manager tells you what to do and mm -hmm. the leader shows you and leads from the front. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, the leader usually is out there with you in, in a lot of cases. Right. Yeah. It's not like, just go do this. It's more like, let's go do this. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to have influence if you're not right there with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Big distinction right there. So I love mm -hmm. that. So we mentioned the why. Mm -hmm. Let's get a little more personal now. Okay. Um, 
how would you define your why? And mm-hmm. how has that maybe, has it changed over time? Yeah, um, I guess the why and the how kind of both go hand in hand in some ways. I mean, you know, why I was doing what I was doing early on in life was to to make big money and be wealthy and have all kinds of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, as the Lord got a hold of my heart and even after becoming a, a follower of Christ, that was at age 13. So still through high school and, and college years, I still had those aspirations. And a lot of it had to do with the, the family restaurant business that we had. My goal was to take them over and build more and, you know, strike it rich and be big time. Um, but yeah. the Lord changed my heart. And of course, the 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 timing of, of all that with my dad, that was that was part of the what I had to wrestle through because I had that why of, you know, what I was going to do there. Um, but he, the way he changed, you know, things with my dad and watching him um, change things from, you know, I'm I'm running a restaurant business to I'm using this business as a platform for ministry. You know, some people do that actively. Some people do that passively as investments. You know, you have investments and like in my dad's case, he's a self-supported missionary. So he, you know, doesn't have to raise support like, uh, you know, a lot of traditional missionaries do. Um, you know, so that, that definitely in, informed my why. And so to this day, uh, as I mentioned, you know, leveraging my life to point others to Christ that leveraging, also my business and, and, and everything that's, that's there. And then understanding that it's, it's not mine. It's the stewardship that it is God's. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, that's a, that, that's a different mindset as well. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so l- let me ask you this. What do you believe are a few keys for people um, to not have their faith in their entrepreneurship separate i mean we've discussed this a little bit now um but tied together into a powerful package you you were just mentioning this how the business is a platform for stewardship of your life witness testimony isn't it true off as well and we're seeing this in entrepreneur circles that more are reached and actually influenced outside the walls of the church, maybe than even within. Yeah. Starting to hear more and more of that, um, you know, when it comes to foreign missions and in a lot of the closed access countries, you know, business is a way that, that still gets those people there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my dad as a businessman with his visa gets into places that a pastor could not yeah. um, sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, integrating once again, those values uh, and, and, not just values, but, you know, you hear about ethics, you know, there's really no such thing as business ethics, you know, you'll hear that term was thrown around back in the 80s and 90s and all that. But, mm-hmm. you know, ethics are the same, our values, our morals, uh, you know, they're, they're like water, they seep over into other aspects of our life. So you can't say I have business ethics here, and I have family and, and whatever, they're all the same, our values, our, our morals, our, you know, beliefs in Christ are all the same. And so, you know, if you try to live a double life, it's, it'll drive you crazy. You'll have some burnout for that reason. Um, so if, if this is who I am as a follower of Christ, and I believe that everything I have comes from Christ, then, then I will want to just take that right on into business. And so uh, when, I, when I talk with business owners about values, I encourage them not just to come up with what are your personal values, 
Also, what are your family values? And then what are your business values? And they should all sound very similar. Um, mm -hmm. You know, give an example, my, my personal values are humility, integrity, and generosity. Um, you know, that translates into our family uh, values of, of uh, honor, honesty, and uh, hospitality. Uh, and then my business values for Strategic Doers Group um, are serving people, excellence of operations, and stewardship of resources. So you can see how one informs the other. And so a lot of times that's the conversation we'll have to have with the business owners about making sure that, you know, that you walk the talk in all aspects of life. Right. So ethics are the same. I like what you said. Ethics are the same no matter where you are mm -hmm. and no matter what you're doing. They should be. This mm -hmm. through to my my memory, I was just watching a a show on TV um, just last week, and it's one of those ongoing saga shows. And there's a difficulty between the father and the son, and they were both involved on an opposite side of a business deal. And the father kind of tried to hint to him that maybe you should look at something a little more carefully, but he didn't lay it out for him. And so then the whole thing blew up in the son's face, right? Because he didn't see something. And the son then is mad and saying, how could you not tell me? How could, you know, and all this, you should have told me. And the mm. father looked at him and he goes, I would do anything for you, but you got to understand this wasn't personal. It's just business. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, that's a, a slogan that gets thrown around a lot. It's, it's just business, not personal, but uh, you know, unless you're just in a back office crunching numbers, mm -hmm. I think it is personal. Um, and, you know, I look at some of the giants uh, of the faith in business these days, you know, you think of, of um, David Green and Hobby Lobby, um, you think of Stanley Tam at United States Plastics. And of course, everyone thinks of Chick-fil-A and, and, and that family there. But, you know, in, in all cases, um, they're not in the whatever business that they're in. They're in the people business. They're in right. the business of, of um, taking care of people. And, you know, they have different ways of doing it. Um, if you've ever bought a pocket knife from a company called Buck Knives, uh, you'll see in the package is a, a paper wrapped around the knife and it, they share the gospel on that, on that uh, paper there. Mm -hmm. And you know, hearing the testimony of the owners and founders of Buck Knives, they will tell you, you know, that the gospel is the business they're in, sharing the gospel. The knife is just the vehicle that gets it there. And so sure. that's a, that's kind of a paradigm shift as well of, uh, you know, if you're in the people business, then it is personal. Um, so, yeah. So seek you first the kingdom of God and his mm -hmm. righteousness. Mm -hmm. and all the rest will be added to you. That's what Jesus said, right? Yeah. Too many are tempted to get that backwards. Let me get successful, and then I'll take care of the kingdom of God after that. Um, but but it is backwards. Yeah, uh, there's not many times. I think maybe only once where the word success is mentioned in the Bible. Um, you know, so well, success to the world is not necessarily success to God, True. right? True. Mm -hmm. So you 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 just used a few examples. So you take a Chick Fil A, for instance, that everybody knows when they mm -hmm. you know, have a taste for Chick Fil A, and even the born again uh, Christ following believer might be tempted to be frustrated that they're closed on Sunday, um, mm -hmm. you know, until they realize why. But um, 
one would take a look at that and say, Sunday, people are off of work usually. They're, they're, that, time, yeah. that is not a wise business decision to be closed every single Sunday of the month. You know how much money you're missing out on, how much clients you're missing out on, and yet Chick-fil-A is hugely successful. Yeah, I, I still follow them having my you know background in fast food business and all that, and they consistently mm -hmm. outperform um, the rest of the fast food system, and they're doing it in one less day per week. So One less yeah, day. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It, it, just, it just goes to show you that God honors it. Mm -hmm. You honor him first, right? Yeah, uh, I heard Andy Stanley say once, and it's always stuck with me. It's 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 never okay to um, violate the principles of God to try to obtain the blessings of God, and you know that that's really stuck with me. And that you know when it, especially when it comes to business, you know it could be very easy to to cut some corners or say, well, I'll just do this once, or I'll just. But it, it's a slippery slope, you know. If 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 those principles are there, and you can read Proverbs and and learn a whole lot of those for business. Um, right you know, follow those and, and, and the Lord will bless. Yeah. Amen. All right. So I'm going to have you share one or two of the greatest lessons that you believe God has taught you in your life. Um, and also that, you know, would apply to others that are listening to the podcast right now. Hmm. Okay. Well, I've I've learned, as I mentioned earlier, about the the people business, about mm -hmm. serving people, and um, uh, you know, over time, I've I've seen the value of that. You know, taking care of the people. Uh, you know, my early days in restaurant business, they talked a lot about if you know your your employees are your first customers, and so taking care of the employees, they will take care of your customers. And uh, more recently, and in, in looking at that as a as a business plan, um, you know, there's typical business plan, cash flow, sales, net profit, all the things you want to do, but, you know, adding that, that faith component, that ministry component to the business plan, um, you look at things a little differently. And so, uh, you know, I've really begun to think a lot about um, making sure, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a one-man business right now, but if I operated one, a large company or the, mm -hmm. the people that I, I, the clients I work with, and I encourage them that, that have multiple employees is to, to focus on the people first, um, serving people. Um, and that's not just your employees, that's the uh, stakeholders. If you have investors, um, that is the vendors. A lot of times we don't think about our vendors that are coming and going, the people that service us, but there's a ministry opportunity there as well. Um, you know, so in, investors, stakeholders, vendors, employees, and then customers. So, you know, a lot of businesses are built on, let's just take care of the customer. But I've, I've heard so many times where employees of the businesses, if you interview them and say, well, yeah, the customers get treated great. They just don't treat us too well, or they don't, you know, and, uh, you know, people don't leave companies, they leave people, they leave bad leaders. So uh, there's a, there's another lesson that, that I have, have learned over time is that it's, it's, it's not the, it's not always the name on the door or the, the, the company or whatever it is. It's the person you work with. And, and, and I have followed leaders to different organizations and I know other people who have as well that, you mm -hmm. know, you're working, you're working with people and, and you can tell that they, they care for you. Like, you know, I wouldn't have cared if we were selling hot dogs or hamburgers or chicken or whatever the case may be. I was going to follow that leader, uh, you know, wherever we went. So, so I guess there's a couple lessons rolled into one there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, <laughs> 
You know what reminds me of when I first worked one of my first jobs? I guess I'll mention it. I worked for mm -hmm. Sears. Okay. Right? And I was told right from the beginning, the customer is always right. Yeah. Um, and I know that it was a very popular uh, thing in business because the customer is what makes us money, supposedly. Mm -hmm. So the customer mm -hmm. is always right. But it, are they? Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one in customer service. Um, I, I think there's a story of one of the companies that someone tried to return some tires and the, the owner of the store took the tires back, but they didn't sell tires. But he was so in the customer service that he wanted to take care of it. You know, so, yeah, there's there is I guess there's a fine line or, or whatever the case may be. But um, it does remind me, though, of another lesson of of. Um, you know, the customer being always right. Sometimes the, the employee needs to be right as well. And, and uh, mm -hmm. when I was a, a training manager with Arby's for a while, we had a, we had a concept that we shared around with the managers of catch people doing something right. Cause as a manager, as a leader, you're quick to always look for what's going wrong or find the problems to solve the problems. We're problem solvers, you know, but right. catching people doing something right builds such an energy and such a rapport with the employees and uh, taking care of them so that, you know, they will then help the customer always be right. Maybe, you know, it's, it's, I think once again, it goes back to taking care of the employees and then they will, they will take care of the customers. So catching people doing something right and rewarding them on the spot for it is it's, it's a different way to, to operate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then supporting, you know, there may be some cases where your employee was right and the customer is just out of line. You yeah. know, is, is it more important to support that your, your employee or your, your person, your business partner, whoever it is actually did the right thing. And, you mm -hmm. know, rather than throw them under the bus for doing what they were supposed to do, it's, it's maybe in the long run, it's better to lose a, an unreasonable customer. <laughs> yeah. am, I, am I right? When you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I saw a quote the other day and I had to reshare it from Babe Ruth that said the loudest booze always come from the cheapest seats. You know, the people who have don't have as much at stake. Uh, you know, sometimes a customer who bought something for 99 cents versus an employee that you've invested in for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, Mike, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure it's going to be very beneficial to those that have been listening as well. Let, let me ask you this as we kind of end this and wrap this up. If somebody wants to reach out to you, maybe wants to connect to see what you're doing through Maxwell Leadership or Strategic, strategic Doers or, or any of the other things that you're involved with, what are some of the best ways to contact you? Uh, well, uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there and, and uh, there almost every day uh, connecting with folks. In fact, that's once again how Jay and I connected as, as well. Um, uh, strategicdoersgroup.com. And that's a long, um, but if, if you just Google strategic doers, it'll, it'll come up. Um, find there on, on the website. And while you're on that website, I will say there is a video course for um, the integrated life system. And it's, it's something I put out there just, I want to help folks with that. It's not, you don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to agree to anything or anything. Just the course is there. You can click on it and watch it and it'll help you kind of think through that integrated, you know, it starts with values, mission, and vision, and then goes into the other aspects of the system. So, so, um, you know, I would encourage you go, go check that out and uh, hope that will, will help add value to you as a leader and a business owner. Absolutely. Awesome. So I definitely encourage all of our listeners to go on to Strategic Doers Group, go ahead and take that course, 
Mike's a great guy, very honest and uh, straightforward, and I'm sure you're going to benefit from it very, very much. Also, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you have not already, no matter what platform you are on. Be sure to share it with others. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been the Audacious Faith Podcast. God bless.